a Shishkin Productions podcast. You have your radio recording devices on? Get them on. It happens all over the world. People come together, kicking a soccer ball around, and it's a great uniter. Find me. I don't care anymore. Drain my bank account. I don't give a shit anymore. Okay? Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Calling All Casuals. Casuals. Um, we're doing a real old school type episode yeah. today. It's just me and you. Taking it back. Taking it Taking back. Taking it way back. Way back to the beginning. Back to the early days. Back when we did our first extravaganza episode. That was three hours long. That, yeah. was, that, was, a, that, was, that was a time. We got into it, you know? That was a time. Um, no producer Eric today. No. No, no producer Chris today. No. They you know? left us. They left us to fend for ourselves. I'll, um, you know, I, I love giving the people a peek behind the curtain. So will right now. We yeah. just got back today from work in the MLS All-Star game. Yes, you did. Um, so we're recording this quite late. We're not used to recording so late. Um, no. But there but will be here. a lot of, yeah, we're here. There will be a lot of MLS All-Star talk today. That's yeah, gonna, this that's is a, an MLS heavy episode. Um, before we get into social plugs, I know last week we had a couple things we were excited for. I said I was excited for the All-Star game. I'm not even gonna really address it right now because we like literally we're gonna talk about it pretty much the yes. whole time. So uh, you said you were excited for the last match uh, before Messi arrives. Enter Miami's last match before Messi arrives. Yep, it what was. Do you think? Uh, Did you watch it? It was. They you know, I mean, they lost. Just as bad as ever. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty much the same as it was before. Um, it was kind of interesting seeing the the talks on Twitter. Uh, prior to the match you know just yeah. reminding people that the the fan section is only for city fans and uh, yeah. no you know no messy gear of any kind and they literally listed every team that he's ever played for ever yeah um i love that but though. yeah it was fine obviously st louis won absolutely love that i feel yeah. like that's <laughs> sick because it's like yo fuck you yeah you can go sit somewhere else you yeah. can't come into our section which it makes sense i mean it is uh, the fan section for the home team yeah um yeah st so. louis crushed them exactly but um unsurprising let's do the social plugs real quick what do you got all right guys you can find us on twitter we are at calling casuals hit us up send us a tweet yeah. send us a dm send us some questions send, send us, us some, some interesting some hot takes yeah hot takes we love hot takes yeah. we love tea um, so yeah, hit us up at Calling Casuals on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You can also find us on TikTok yes. at Calling All Casuals. We are ready. We've got some content in the barrel, ready to <laughs> yeah, go. The content is uh, in the once, barrel. We got a barrel full of content. <laughs> we do, we do. <laughs> once we hit that 4K number, so come on, get I'll, our numbers up. I'll tell you what, I've been engaging with people a lot on TikTok, like yeah. even a lot of comments and all this. Twitter, I've been, I've been neglecting, but. TikTok, I'm out there. I'm commenting on shit. Yeah. It's good. I got us our first guest. There we go. Or we've had a lot of guests, but I got us our first like non non person we know guest. Right. And uh, we got to figure out when to get them on. Yeah. But we'll, so we'll talk so about find that later. us on the TikTok at Calling All Casuals, and uh, hit us up the old school way. Send us an email. We love to read your emails. It mm-hmm. nothing makes us happier yeah. than opening our inbox and seeing a message from you, lovely listeners. It, we are Calling All Casuals at gmail.com. It puts a little sparkle in my eye every it does. time. Every time. I'll give you one quick thing about All Star. You know, it put a little sparkle in my eye. What? Made my heart flutter a little bit. What I want to hear. I was walking. And I looked up. I was walking down the sideline carrying some tripod or something. And I looked up and walked right by me. Diego Valeri. 
Hey. My guy, legend. I was like, yo, this is crazy. I was like, this is the first time I've actually like. You got a little walked, starstruck. Yeah, I've walked by a soccer player and been like, oh shit, like, because usually it's like, oh, there's the soccer player, or whatever. But yeah. like Diego Valeri is like, whoa, that's that's my guy. Um, all right, last week's picks. We'll go through it really quick, and you know, let's be honest. There's not going to be picks for a little bit. We might come up with a different game to play, like whenever League's Cup or Women's World Cup get to like a knockout stage. Yeah. Maybe we'll do some sort of picks there. But right now, we're going to do a week off of picks. Uh, last week, I've, I smoked y'all. I'm maybe not smoked. I'm just going by what producer Eric wrote. He said uh, that I... What was, what was his Where are you thing? one by two? He said smashed it. Oh. If you look at the top here, he says AS... Eight wins smashed. So I've won eight now total. You've won nine. Okay. But I absolutely just went hammer last week. So. You you know, you got nine picks out of what, fourteen? That's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, but I got seven. That's not terrible. You know what's funny? If I had kept going with my idea of choosing the home team and just yeah. believed in Portland and Vancouver, um, I would have actually got 11. I could have, would have, should have, I guess. Could have, would have, should have. But either way, nice try. Good looks. Um, let's get into the news and the tea. Let's what do, do you it. got? You what got, you I got, got, you can pick the first one. All right. Well, let's just, let's just get it out of the way. Let's just start with the messy unveil that oh. happened this past Sunday. Um, by the time you're listening, he could have already debuted Played. in yeah. his first match, yeah. but this past week, they unveiled Messi at the Inter Miami Stadium. Yeah, drive Pink Stadium in scenic Fort Lauderdale. Yep. <laughs> um, and it rained a lot. It was oh. sold out. Downpour. Sold out, downpour. I, I was very surprised. I think it was like an hour and a half, two hour delay because of the rain. Was it? Yeah, it was I that bad. I believe so. We, we, we went to, it was after we had um, done like a rehearsal. Yeah. And then we went to a bar and wanted to watch it. But it was uh, not being... The bar was like, we don't have Apple TV. So KG oh. took his laptop out and we sat there watching it at the bar on his laptop. And uh, I was shocked that everyone was out there in the rain. Because it wasn't like a little bit of rain. It was like... Yeah, it was a downpour. It was, it was, a, kind a, of a, it was downpour. a downpour. It was like, what do they have there? I don't know what... It's like a yeah, it's tropical like a little, storm. Yeah, tropical depression. You know, it you was... Know, <laughs> that's what yeah. it's called. That's what Is it's it called. Really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's official. Messi is finally arrived yeah. at MLS. It was interesting. I feel like they had to pivot because if you looked at the stage that they built, they had like built this incredible, like not incredible. It's like a cool stage that had like a big circle in the center with like a walkway out to it. Yeah. And I believe they probably were planning to have like musical acts. Maybe they yeah, did have I musical acts and I just didn't see them. There were a few I saw. But, I can't remember who, but there were like two or three big big acts that were supposed I to I heard perform. a rumor that Shakira was going to perform yeah. but I don't know but uh they ended up like not even going to the center of it really yeah they like stood like on the walkway part because I guess it was way too slick David Beckham almost fell down it was Oof. pretty funny he was waddling around like a little fucking penguin um yeah I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool all in all uh, a crazy event that really shows his pull dude i was like holy fucking yeah smokes. it's i mean i guess i i personally don't understand it like i wouldn't be there but it is pretty impressive to see that they sold out the stadium yeah and just how excited people are you know their excitement kind of like 
it 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 kind of gets me excited even though i do you know you want to hear my i was saying this all all week yeah at all star and uh i thought people weren't weren't on board with me but i'm i'm down to like defend this take till till i die and i will i will actively be like yes i do believe this i think it's going to be a failure I think the messy experiment in Miami is going to be a, from a soccer perspective, like from a results perspective, a failure. I think from a marketing perspective, it's going to be a great, it already is a great success. I'm not judging by any of that. I don't think, obviously, I don't think they will make the playoffs this year. Yeah. Please, someone clip this out and fucking like show it to me when they do, because I'd love to be wrong. But I don't think they make the playoffs this year. And I don't think they make playoffs next year either. I don't believe in them. I really don't. Because like, I just have a feeling that it's it's just not it's just not going to work. I don't think that the the culture is there. And I really the biggest thing to me, you know, is that he doesn't want to play on turf and other teams aren't going to want that leads me into another thing. What what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, I mean, nobody would admit this, but I don't feel like this deal is like results driven it's all about the money like i don't yeah. think that i don't think they acquired him or they signed him or wanted to get him so they could like i mean obviously they want to win right yeah. but i don't think anybody's actually expecting that i i don't think your take is that crazy like i think you're right i don't think that it's there's going to be results but i i do think the effects are going to be again like you said like more marketing, marketing and monetary money and all that stuff so and i i don't i if anybody's like expecting them to win because of one player like that's just not possible i'm sorry that's you it's not how it works so here's what uh what i heard so this is i'm reading a tweet from this guy joe pompliano one of the more interesting things about Lionel messi's mls signing is that commissioner don garber expects teams with artificial turf fields to install grass surfaces for upcoming matches against Messi. Okay. So I was like, well, <sighs> damn, that's kind of crazy. Like Don Garber is like, I guess this is my first take was, oh, this is a positive. We're going to switch to natural grass and that'll be cool. But then today I saw another tweet from Tom Bogert where he said, Charlotte FC have no plans to import grass for any match this season. From a team spokesperson, all of our major league soccer matches are scheduled to be played on turf and there is no plan to change to natural grass. Then Atlanta also said the same thing. They said they will not be installing grass at uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And it made me think, I was like, you know, I agree. I'm with, yeah. I'm with them. Like, I'm with for, them for Portland, too. Like, for, like imagine Portland like why would we want to install grass because the greatest player of all time who plays for a different team wants to come here and then says if you don't install grass i won't play and then you go perfect (laughs) i'd rather you not play you're really fucking good we have a better chance at beating it's the same thing as when uh like if lebron went to china and say for example this is imagine imagine that like half of the stadiums didn't have hardwood floors they had like that like composite like plastic shit he was like i only play on hardwood the other team the teams would be like all right cool you can sit out against us that's (laughs) fine like like, we have more of a chance to win if you're not on the pitch that's pretty absurd i mean i don't i don't know how the rules work but it's like if if don garber is gonna say that i feel like 
then the league has to implement like a league-wide policy yep. and they have to be the ones to to make it happen like and the thing is at the end of the day the owners are the ones who run the league and if the owners okay, aren't keen yeah. on, if the owners aren't keen on spending that money I don't think that initiative gets done. Yeah, that's I, a wild th- that's a wild statement to make. This type of shit though is why I think that the experiment will not yield soccer results. Yeah. Because I think Messi will end up playing the home games and he might travel. But who the fuck you expect Lionel Messi to fly from this man played in Barcelona like almost his whole life, so he's barely traveling at all because it's Spain. Like at the end of the day, Spain's a pretty fucking small country. Like I know it's not as small as like England or something, right. but it's pretty small. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like you're you're not gonna expect him to fly from Miami to fucking Seattle to play on their turf field and then like fly home. Like he's not gonna want to do that probably. Maybe he'll go every so often, but I I don't know. Maybe I'm being a cynic, but I don't think that Messi is going to be well, up for long-ass travel to go play on turf fields. It's yeah. probably not going to happen. So he's straight up said he will not play on turf. I don't think that... Uh, or it's just been implied, it's or he's been said implied. Like he doesn't prefer it, or... There are there are just aren't turf fields at the highest level. Mm. Okay. So, like, I think... I could be wrong, yeah, but I think every team in the highest leagues in Europe has to have natural grass fields. Got it. So that's why, like, and I'll, it, it, look, I agree. There should not be turf fields. I think turf fields fucking suck. They're bad for professional athletes. They're bad on their bodies. It's it's not cool. Um, but at the end of the day, like, it, if if things are a certain way already, the people who have the power are the only ones who can change the situation. Yeah. So if they don't, it's just like the, the, uh, the, the reasoning's not there. Yeah. I guess you have like the people who are the decision makers also actively are going to not want to do this for a number of reasons right. for results, for money, etc., And it doesn't affect them. So they're going to go, yeah. yeah, we're good. One, yeah. one owner, Jorge Mas will say, I vote for this. And the other owners will go, no, we're, we're cool. Like we don't need this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, uh, you're right. I think it's going to be very interesting, like, how this all plays out, you know? I'm yeah. I'm glad that we get to week by week, kind of, r- in real time, Yeah, like, and, react you know, to what's happening. Cause for me, it's like, again, I don't know. You, It's great that he showed up. It's cool. Like, uh, Messi's the GOAT, obviously, no doubt. Yeah. However, you know, even, like, things like uh, this... It, it's all it's it's always a little bit smoke and mirrors, right? Where remember they were like, "Oh, Messi signed. This is incredible." And then actually, Messi didn't really sign until like the day before his unveil. Yeah, because like they were still putting finishing touches of on the course. contract. Like I'm so sure that things like that though, where like the narrative is like he's signed, and he, by all intents for whatever he he was right. signed, right? But he acti- he actually wasn't like fully signed until the day before. Yeah. Um, another thing is debut, right? It's supposed to be this first game of League's Cup. And it was like, cool, Messi's going to debut. All right, cool. Like, that's dope. We are, are under the impression, maybe in a, in a you know, ignorant way, but we were under the impression that he's going to play a match. He's going to play the full match. Uh, now, the it came out that, it, like, Tata was like, well, 
he, at most he'll probably play a half. Maybe he'll come on in the 60th minute. And then the last I heard when I talked to people, they were like, it's looking more like he's going to play like 10 or 15 minutes. And it's just like, wow. I mean, I get it. Yeah. Like, I know that you can't just go from zero to like playing 90 minutes. Like, you sure. have to get into shape and stuff and get your fitness up. But it's it, that kind of shit that I'm like, it makes me feel weary about it. It's like, well, it seems like a great marketing play, but uh, let's see some results before we go crazy about yeah. and hyping up Inter Miami for well, next I season. Well, I don't, I think you're right in saying that I don't think the results are going to be there. Like, you can't take the bottom... Bottom feeder. The bottom, you know, the bottom team and, like, expect them to make it to the top because of one person. And that's what's so weird about Cincinnati this year. This yeah. Cincinnati are absolutely crushing it. And they went from literally the worst team, like, three or four years in a row to suddenly the best team in the league. So, look, the silver lining, if there's any league where it could happen, it's MLS. Yeah. However... I think I just think well, that it's going to take more time than like the latter half of the season. Totally. Too. Totally. It's yes. Like, yeah. It's this season. Everyone's it. everyone's focus is on next year, I yeah. think. But I don't know, man. I don't I don't see it. I don't see it. All right. Let's uh, let's 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 move on. The messy talk. Every time it starts, it ends I up know, taking I so know. much fucking time. Um, let's real quick do let's do this. The best world women's World Cup team nicknames. Yeah. Um, we have that on here before we get to some little we'll end on some all star stuff. Yeah. Um, um, OK, so why don't you take the people through what, what this is? Well, uh, let's see. There was this. I don't Fox like Fox a, Sports or yeah, something. Fox Sports put out a list of all the teams playing in the Women's World Cup and what their team nicknames are. Yeah. And so we were kind of going through this list. I don't think we need to like Yeah, we go won't through go through all them, them all, but I think that you were asking me before I, the show. Yeah, I asked like what what do you think the best So one what are your is? top 3? Top 3 cuz you couldn't yeah. quite pick. So why don't we each go one for one okay. with our top 3 and I'll let I'll let you start. Okay. So I'm going to start with this was the one that stuck out to me the most. So maybe this is like my top pick. Mm-hmm. It's Costa Rica. Really? And yeah, I just, I think they're the Las Ticas. And yeah. I think the men's team are the Los Ticos. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I just think it's a, it's a cute name because it's very specific to Costa Rica. Yeah. That's what they call themselves. That's what other Latin countries call them. Yeah. And it's like a kind of a little term of endearment, like a little, a little thing, you yeah, know? Yeah, the Ticos. And I just think that's, it's like... It's it's cute and creative and yeah. specific and not corny. Yeah. So that it's, was that was the one that I was like, I like this one. It's a it's a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. The Tikas, I like it. What about you? What's your that one wasn't even in my in my three. Really? Yeah. Just because okay. to me it was just like okay, yeah, they're the Tikas. Like I, you but know, I just cute. heard it. It's cute. Yeah, it's cute. cute. It's just like for me, the ones that I've picked are ones that I was like. I just thought either they're like funny or they're like so just wild. I don't know. Yeah. For me, the for top one, number one, without a doubt, the Copper Queens. I believe that's Zambia. I'm looking at the flag. <laughs> I don't know. Is that right? Yeah, that's Zambia. But the Copper Queens is like such a cool name. Like, I don't even know. Yeah. I have no idea what its roots are because I haven't researched it at all. Uh, maybe it's something to do with, you know, their maybe Copper's mind there or something. But like... Um, I don't know. I I absolutely love that nickname. I think it's so cool. I think it's solid. Um, I'd have a feeling they're probably not not gonna do great. 
but they did just beat Germany in their last friendly, like uh, before the World Cup. So maybe Zambia are going to surprise everyone. And you know what's funny? Uh, Zambia and Costa Rica are in the same group. So Zambia, yeah. uh, the Copper Queens, will be playing <laughs> Las Ticas Monday, July 31st, 3 a.m. Okay. Eastern. Oh, so, let's, let's tune in. Yeah, we can tune in. <laughs> um, what's your next one? All right. Well, I got to represent. Obviously, I love the reggae girls. Yes. Like, yes. You know, I think... Again, the reggae girls, reggae boys, like it's very like culture and, you know, country specific. Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's great and you can't go wrong. Hey, you know what? I, I remember my, one of my first games I ever watched, first international games, was a, the Jamaican national team in 1998. And that's when I first heard the, the reggae boys. And yeah. I was like... Yo, this is so tight. Like, they, was that when they qualified for the, the World, World Cup? Cup? Yeah, that's when yeah, yeah. Trey said that Jamaica was so lit that's that producer Trey. Yeah, producer Trey. He, um, he, you know, grew up in Jamaica. He was in Jamaica at the time. He said everybody was so excited. He thought they won the World <laughs> Cup because, like, that was the vibe. Like every, but they just that's simply so qualified. So. But you know what? It's big. It's a big it's thing, a big especially deal, at that especially time for too. those like smaller countries. Yeah, you know? yeah. So like I got to, it. for a Caribbean uh, nation to qualify for the World Cup is huge, huge, man. Like I remember when Trinidad were in it, and I was like, that's crazy as well. Like it's so cool, and they had like a golden, almost like a golden generation. Yeah, they had like Kenwin Jones and shit on that team. Maybe there was a guy called Stern John at some point I think um, my next one is oh man I, there's so many good ones that it's like really hard but I gotta go with the Super Falcons because hey. that is so cool <laughs> like I think the Nigerian men's team are the Super Eagles uh, so the Nigerian women's team are the Super Falcons which I think is very interesting that's cool um, yeah I don't know it's, it's kind of it's kind of a cool name like I just love that they have the word super in there because <laughs> yeah. it's like such a good descriptor uh, I feel like Nigerian culture is always really great with naming stuff. Like, people have names like, uh, I don't know, like, like, uh, like honesty and stuff like that. It's like <laughs> so wild, you know, but, uh, I, you know, the super, super Falcons, uh, love that name. Yeah. Um, what is your third all right. one? You know, it's tough. I, I don't Let know. Let me guess. Stars and stripes. <laughs> yeah. That one's God. corny that as fuck. That one's so bad. Not good. Um, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out to to my Filipinos. I gotta go with the Filipinas. It's just it's so like basic. Like come on, y'all couldn't have come up with a different nickname. The Filipinas. But I like it. They just keep it simple. The Filipinas. That's it. Um. All right. <laughs> Before I get to what actually is my third pick, I gotta give some honorable mentions because these are there's yeah, some there's amazing some good ones. ones. Uh, the Haitian one is uh le less. Les, Les Grenadiers, I believe. Les Grenadiers or something. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't even know. Like, I don't know what a Grenadier is, but it looks like it has a word grenade in it, which makes them sound like they're like mil militaristic, which yeah. is uh, very interesting. Um, that's a cool one. I love the Norwegian one, the football girls. <laughs> that See, one is that's so, so basic. basic. I mean, it's kind of like, like the Filipinas, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I like the lionesses. Yeah, yeah. And they might win, honestly. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, I like the New Zealand one, the football ferns. The I football think that's ferns funny is cute. Hell. Also, shout out to, again, the, the hosting country, the Matildas. Yeah, the Matildas is a that's classic. That's adorable. And I, I looked it up, and I guess in Australian... Matilda means mighty battle maid. So oh, I actually think that's perfect that for like a, cool. a team name, you yeah, know, yeah. in sports. Um, and then my last honorable mention is going to go to Vietnam. 
uh, Golden Star Women Warriors. Like, I just love a long-ass nickname yes. like that. Like, it's, like, longer than Vietnam. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, when the nickname is longer than the yeah. actual name. Um, U.S. actually play Vietnam, so that would be kind of cool. Hopefully, uh, Vietnam fuck them up because damn sorry it's how i feel it's how i feel the vietnam war really really i love the women's team i always think about geopolitics anytime (laughs) that nations play like literally all the the time that's the like antithesis of what like you're supposed to not think about that i know i know but come on man i'm definitely going for viet you're going for usa for real in that maybe maybe i'm just it's the women's team i'm gonna go for my women like i love fair enough I'm, I'm sorry, going for, they got a bad name, but what's their I think they they've got they've got Vietnam in their group. Um they've got the Netherlands in their group and I believe they have Portugal. It's Portugal. I'm going to go for the US against the Netherlands and against Portugal, but against Vietnam, I'm yeah, right. definitely going for okay. Vietnam. All right, without any further ado, my final Your pick. Your final pick. Girls in Green. <laughs> the Ireland, the Girls in Green. It sounds so good. Also, isn't this their I think this is their World Cup debut. It might be. I yeah. feel like I heard that when I was watching the match earlier. So Oh, did they already play once? They played, yeah. Oh jeez. They, they played Australia. Lost, right? yeah. They lost one nil. Bummer. They, you oh, know, the girls in green are gonna play the Super Falcons. How does this happen to me all the time? This is amazing. I will say though, I loved like watching the match because they were basically talking about how you know Ireland is outmatched by Australia, right? Like I guess Australia was favored to win. Yeah. But I loved this Ireland's tactic. Excuse me. The girls in green's tactic was to frustrate the Matildas. Yeah. And I just love that as a tactic yeah. to frustrate. Like you could use that in so many instances in life. You could use it in negotiations. <laughs> My tactic is to frustrate <laughs> the was, opposition. It's great. It's great. <laughs> it is it is a good it is a good word to use. Yeah. I um I think it's uh the one I will say that I don't know if this is real uh, Fox put this in their graphic mm. they said canada has no official nickname i saw that Couldn't just call them like the maple leaves or yeah. something like that like just make one up man so <laughs> the super falcons for the day we're recording this the super falcons are playing the no official nickname <laughs> at 10 30 p.m so that'll be fun I, I this is a great uh tweet honestly like this is a yeah. really great marketing tactic because i think by referring to these countries with their nicknames it makes you kind of more interest like for me yeah. it really has made me more interested because I, I see it and I'm so like oh well. oh it's like oh the Tikas are playing or because like it's, whatever it's yeah. kind of it's like a little more endearing than just thinking of like yeah. the country it's kind of you're like I think giving some personality to it yeah it's also cool how um you know a lot of them are it, it, it they're tied to like the the men's national team in a way because they're both like just about the country you yeah. know what i mean so i think that's that's kind of cool um yeah i'm excited to watch i'm excited to watch the women's world cup yeah I'm, excited. I'm, I'm super excited i was like man like when when i was watching this morning i'm like oh it's world cup time again like i remember yeah. this feeling of like there's yeah. just soccer on like all day yeah all night in this case well yeah but you know you can watch it during the day because they replay the matches um okay real quick and then we'll go to the first break uh wayne rooney was pressed about mm. apple staff being in he was just mad about the whole all-star yeah weekend. it seems like he was he he was upset on a couple of fronts so did you read that article that i sent you the one from athletic i didn't actually uh, read it. i yeah. skimmed it a little bit yes about um about him like saying that he said he claimed he claimed that apple took up some apple employees took 
some of his staff's seats. Um, yeah, he was. He said that like they made his uh, staff move so that like Apple employees could sit there or something like that. Yeah, and that claim was refuted. Like the league was like that did not happen. But right, um, you know what's funny? I will say that producer Chris, he was uh, during a skills challenge. <laughs> he was sitting in. He like picked a random seat to sit in because he needed to do like work on his laptop mm-hmm. and then uh next thing you know he looks up and some lady like tapped on the shoulder he's like oh hey and she's like hey you gotta you gotta move over to those seats he looks up he's surrounded by all of the mls all-stars who weren't participating in the challenge <laughs> it's like walker zimmerman just like sitting right there chris like what where am i you're just like in editing a video or something that's pretty funny one one funny thing just about this article where he you know was claiming that his seats were taken and i get it he basically was saying that he would he wouldn't be doing his staff a service if he didn't bring it up so he was just trying to like do right by his team and mention what happened um but he also took the opportunity to criticize the ref ted uncle (laughs) yeah i was gonna say (laughs) that too um, well to be fair i thought he did a pretty terrible job yeah it was I think um, you ruined the match. I think it just from like watching and you know the broadcasters and the commentators, like everybody seemed quite surprised that he was giving he out was, all like, those really yellow cards so yeah. hard. It's like it, this is a friendly like. I agree, <laughs> but it was really whack. And you know, I mean, I don't know how much I, I can really say about it, but like one of the things we do when we're there is we do a, some video content, and yeah. some of it is about some parts of it are about the referee right and so i had to kind of watch him and his performance during the match and that's specifically what i was taking notes on and i was just like yikes this one is like a yeah a bit of a shocker like you can't do this kind of stuff like i get that the game is hard but come on man you can't give a handball when it's 2-0 and the match like just you can't give a penalty that was wild for a handball that, that, that was kills wild. the game 18 just, seconds into like the half literally yeah. just killed the entire game that was wild that. yeah that's what um to quote rooney he said i thought the referee made the game a little bit about himself so i think that's something that needs improving in the mls which i've been saying all season <laughs> So it's a good opportunity for me to bring it up again. Yeah, the refs do get over-involved, in in my opinion. I think there are some refs who are actually really good, but there are quite a few who get over-involved and they over-police the game. Little fascist referees. It's funny. We we talked about this a a couple weeks ago. You know what I mean? They're like cops. Yeah, if you you agree to be a referee, you're a fascist. Straight up. Damn, okay. (laughs) I'll say it. I don't give a rat's ass, bro. Like, we were... When I was a kid, and anyone who played soccer when they were a kid in the U.S., like at a like a you know travel or whatever advanced quote unquote yeah. level all those kids like you were recruited to also be a referee because it was really good side gig money when you were like a, a kid you know what i mean you're like damn wait i can just show up to the field and like be a linesman for like these like eight-year-old kids and like do three games in a row and go home with like 200 bucks in my pocket hey that's like a good or gig. whatever maybe yeah. not linesman, like, linesman wow. center center refs got that i think if you did like you got like 50 bucks a match or something like that or i don't know but uh, point is everyone was like blind to to the, the fascism they were like i want the money mm-hmm. and i was just like i'll never be a fucking referee dude i'd rather be broke than be a fucking referee that's <laughs> awful man who wants to be a referee that's uh, terrible dude they have good, uncle. good choice in footwear though copas i love that 
Um, my last thing about Wayne Rooney is, you know, again, he said, uh, th- th- we'll get into this in the next thing, but MLS like to do a lot of like fun things around right. All-Star. And this year it was in DC. And one of the things that they had scheduled was training on the National Mall. Very cool. Like there's a big old, if you don't know what the National Mall is, it's like a long ass strip of grass in the middle of the city between the White House and the fucking monument, the monument or some shit. I don't know what it is, but basically it's a long ass thing of grass surrounded by museums. It's not very special at all, honestly. It's kind of annoying that it's there. Well, it's but a huge tourist area too. I There's walked, like a shit ton of people. Yeah, but that giant little that giant patch of grass, dude. I walked. I had to walk around it the other day because they had it blocked off because you couldn't walk across it and I was trying to get to a museum and I was like dude I'm sweating like crazy right now because I have to walk like an extra mile in no shade put some fucking trees on that thing it was hot yeah put well some that's trees. what they, they have all the cherry blossoms but I just remember it's just a giant, I saw a lot of rats it's a giant there. patch of grass yeah uh, put some trees on the fucking national mall that's all I'm saying <laughs> um, the players didn't want to uh, Rooney didn't want the players to train there but yeah. MLS scheduled a training there as like a fun like oh Oh, the cameras will get out there. It'll be cool. And he said, on Tuesday, I suggested that I didn't want them training at the National Mall, but that's where we trained and I can't do anything about it. So we literally didn't have a real training. We didn't do any tactics work, nothing. All we did was play like soccer tennis. (laughs) And it's like, that sucks like that. I get I get it. It's not a real training session. He said, and then if you expect to put the players out there and hope that they can just figure things out against a team like Arsenal that's very difficult to do and he's right and I he's and right. you know and I think there was speculation before about like what team would Arsenal play like would they play their you know yeah their backups. F- like backup team their B their C team but they they played their team for the most part I oh, mean yeah. they had some like star players out there yeah I think that like at the end of the day I don't know. It we'll was get, an exhibition, that's for sure. I don't like the format of playing against a European team. Yeah. Uh, the, like, literally, the next segment is, like, all about this. But okay. I, a teaser. I don't like the format of playing against a European team yeah. because it, it's just, a, like, I get that there's marketing dollars there, but it's, like, these are a collection of all-stars. These yeah. players have never played together, and you're expecting to fly them in and then like just in two days get them to understand each other that's why i liked when they played league mx all-stars because it's, 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 it's a more t- level thing it's like neither none of these guys play with each other maybe yeah. a couple do but mostly it's like everyone learning yeah. on the fly how to figure it out and play together yeah. whereas like the arsenal guys train together every and you're playing week. like the the second team in the premier league you know yeah, it's yeah. like but I will say the cool thing about it, watching the match, obviously it was terrible for MLS. Like I felt, you know, I felt bad for the All-Stars too because they didn't really get it. They had no chance really. Yeah. And that's, it, this is their team at the end, or this is like their match at the end of the day. But from a like uh, spectator perspective, it was really cool to see the stadium full and yeah. A lot of Arsenal jerseys. So I think it did Tons. give an opportunity for people who are Arsenal fans to see them like on home turf. I think yeah. that's a cool thing. Again, that's probably not what the MLS All-Star game should be about, but yeah. you know. It it was insane how many Arsenal jerseys there were. It was even like just a sea walking, of red. Even like, just walking around DC randomly, 
I literally would see an Arsenal jersey yeah. every couple blocks. Yeah. That's not an exaggeration. You I know, I believe legitimately, you. It was, like, I was even out somewhere that wasn't like central DC at all. We were just like randomly in a weird residential part. I saw, I looked up, I saw one person walk on the sidewalk and they had an Arsenal jersey on. Yeah. I was like, what is going on right now? But yeah, it was nuts. Um, I guess last thing, producer Eric put this in here. Uh, Kai Havertz, Arsenal's new eighty-four mm. million dollar signing, who I was not keen on to begin with, uh, missed all of his attempts in the skills challenge. But then he scored a goal. So in the actual game, yeah, so, uh, I remember he scored what, like the fourth? Was that the fourth yeah, or the fifth? One of the fourth <laughs> or fifth one. Uh, he also wrote. Producer Eric wrote. Fun fact. Havertz has a special connection with donkeys and often visits a donkey sanctuary in his time off to be alone with the animals. Probably where he gets his touch from. <laughs> oh, my God. Eric's always got to have a fun contribution. It's a great way to take us into the break. Uh, when we come back, we got a big question and a deep dive on MLS All-Star. What's up, everybody? We are back. Thanks for joining us for this next segment where I get to ask a question and Alexi gets to tell me a little bit about whatever topic he's chosen for the week. Yeah. I actually didn't put this question in, but it was uh, it was taken from our chat last night as I was watching the match. Oh, and yeah. it's probably slightly embarrassing. Oh, this is a pr <laughs> so producer Eric put in. Oh, did he put in my he question? He must have. I think what okay. happened was you sent this as a genuine like, let me get a quick response. And yeah. producer Eric was like, I'm throwing it in the yeah, show. Yeah, Nobody <laughs> responded, but it got thrown in. So we're, we're just going for it. Um, What's a sweeper keeper? Like, probably if I thought about it, I could figure it out. But I was watching the match and I was like, what's a sweeper keeper? Well, okay. And well, now what do you this is the is? question. Or if you don't. I, I mean, don't know. I mean, I don't nothing. know. I didn't really think about well, it. Well, OK, so I just asked. <laughs> they're one of the most popular formations to, in soccer. Right. That like is just the most baseline formation is a four, four, two. Right. So four defenders, four midfielders, two forwards. Yeah. Um, those four defenders are usually deployed as a left back, two center backs, and one right back. And those two center backs usually play side by side. That's how it, it is like been for the last, however, maybe 20, maybe 30 years. But there was a point in the, I think it was maybe the 70s and the 80s, where instead of being right next to each other, the two center halves being next to each other, they actually played stacked. And they played, so that would form a diamond in okay. the defense. So you'd have a right back, a left back, and then two stacked center backs. Right. The one at the top who was more close to the midfield was called a stopper. And the one who's in the back underneath the stopper, closer to the goalie, was called the sweeper. And their job is to sweep up any ball that comes through. Oh, okay. So when the last point, he's like the last person in, in, the, de in the defense. Right. So they would sweep everything clear. Um, obviously that formation is no longer used because since it's not a flat back line, it's very easy to play through balls and to like slice through the line because the offside line gets moved further back. Right. Um, so a, that is what a sweeper is. Right. Keeper obviously is a goalkeeper. So a sweeper keeper is a term basically for a goalie who ends up pushing up a little higher and can just cut out any long ball that comes oh, in or just clear it away. Okay. So he plays, he's not uh, hesitant to go out of the goal and be beyond the 18. 
And we saw that with Tyler Miller yeah. randomly just being the fuck out of the goal and <laughs> heading the ball to the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah, that, that was game. weird. He's He's been told to do that and to play more like that. I think that was a directive because he plays at DC United. Yeah. So I think that's one of Wayne Rooney's directives was like, hey, be out there more. But it's led to him getting chipped like no no joke. Like he's been chipped like four or five times this year. And like he just isn't he's not that guy. I hate to say it, but uh, I don't think he's like built to do that. Yeah. He's he's he, more of like a traditional goalkeeper who's being wedged into this role where it's like, no, go out there and like play as like a an additional field player and he just doesn't make the right decisions. Yeah. You know? He was the one who the penalty kit got scored on, right? Uh, was that Tyler Miller? I don't know. I don't remember which the penalty it, kick was. It was if I think it was, it Tyler, was either Miller. Tyler Miller or Georgia Petrovich. I think it was Tyler Miller. I think it was Tyler Miller, and I felt so bad for him because like he just froze. He literally didn't move. Well, it was the, just the thing is, the guy who took the penalty was Jorginho. Yeah, and Jorginho has a really specific style of taking penalties, where he basically like you saw it on the on the the broadcast, but he like r- kind of trots up and he take he his last step is like a jump and he like lands on his plant foot and he kind of s- freezes for a second and then rolls it into one of the corners and the reason he like hesitates and freezes like that is to like make the goalkeeper commit and put their weight off to a certain part of their body and when the goalkeeper puts the weight onto one foot Jorginho just slots it to the other it's so thing. crazy that these decisions can be made so yeah like so quickly well so know? what happened with with Tyler Miller is that he didn't make a decision. He's he, he just stood, froze, yeah. but like because he didn't, he he, you could tell like yes, he didn't move all of his weight, but he was ready to dive a certain way, and Jorginho put it in the other way, and he was like already going the. He was like mm-hmm. mentally and yeah. mostly physically that ready was, to go the. I other gotta way. say that was painful, but yeah, it was tough. All right, so I get it. Sweeper keeper. It's basically the keeper taking the position of the sweeper in a way or like yeah, sort of for the, that moment the keeper being able to use their feet yeah. and to like not feel to feel comfortable like stepping yeah. out of the goal and you know having the awareness to like cut the ball out if you need but you're to. saying it takes a certain type of it just takes awareness it just yeah. takes awareness that's the thing that's like you know with tyler miller i'm not trying to like shit on tyler miller he's a great goalie and i'm sure his technical skills are like decent like he probably yeah is better fucking hell he's probably better than me at playing a long ball he's probably better than me at playing a pass but he's not playing against me he's playing against other guys so it's the judgment like sometimes he just like misjudges things or gets the gets the angle wrong or gets the timing wrong and and those kind of things are very detrimental when you are yeah sweeper keeper okay also it sounds like such an american term yeah yeah um, speaking of American concepts, let's do it. Let's get into the deep dive. The MLS All-Star Game. Uh, the All-Star Game, it is a uniquely American concept. N- yeah. Uh, not, it's very, I think it's, I think Americans invented this idea of mm-hmm. being like, let's take all the best players from these teams and put them together. Um, doesn't really exist anywhere else. That's in, interesting. In Europe, in South America, um, all over. There are such things as like charity matches, testimonials, benefits, stuff like that. Um, you know, a, a testimonial is usually for a player once they've served a certain amount of time, right? So once they've like played with your one club for like 10 years plus, 
they'll get a testimonial match. And it's like, in your honor for like, you know, playing for Chelsea or Arsenal for like such a long time, we're going to have a match that where you're celebrated and it'll be like you and all of your favorite teammates and everyone you've played with and you'll come together and play like a, a for, for, you know, an exhibition almost. Got it. And actually, when I was doing some research on it, I thought it was kind of crazy. Back in the day, the reason they started those matches is because the salaries were like so bad and there was no pensions that like it it was a uh, there was no like retirement fund so it was like cool once you've played 10 years with the club you get a testimonial match and you get to keep all the profits from that oh, match which is kind of cool like yeah that's cool but it's sad that it like, I know. had to be that way yeah it is true uh in 1996 that was the first MLS all-star game um did you watch that one no you didn't watch it definitely not um 1996 did you i don't think i did i don't think i did 1996 um you know obviously the league had just started but america was in this like soccer big soccer craze right the world cup just happened in 94 and the olympics were coming up in atlanta in 96 so they were like hey you know let's have like a fun all-star game and we'll put it kind of around when the olympics are and it's going to be a great like logistically a cool thing and you know one thing that they did uh is they actually made it a double header uh so they also had brazil come play right after them in the same stadium and they took on the fifa all-stars which was a crazy crazy it was like a rest of the world team so it featured um, I, I don't know if you're going to, you probably aren't going to know many of these names, but Marcel Desai, who went on to, um, I don't know if he was, I don't, he was not the captain, but he was a very, very important figure in France winning the World Cup in 1998. Fernando Iero, who was a Spanish center back. Uh, David Ginola. Uh, Lothar Mateos, who would end up actually playing in MLS at a certain point. Michael Laudrup. Jurgen Klinsmann. Uh, George Weah was on that team. Uh, uh, oh, that's Tim's dad, right? Yeah, Abedi Pele was on that team. They had like a lot of pretty like respectable uh, players, and then obviously on the Brazilian team, you had you know Roberto Carlos, Rivaldo, Aldair. Uh, you had a, a lot of a lot of players. Ronaldo was there. And you know what's funny? There also was another guy named Ronaldo uh, Guiarao, or Guiar. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's. And this one, it says his name is Guiarao, but when you go to his Wikipedia page, it says his name is actually uh, Guiaro. So I don't know where the misspelling is. But he was also called Ronaldo, but he was a little bit younger than that Ronaldo. So they called him Little Ronaldo, which was Ronaldinho. But he's not actually Ronaldinho. (laughs) Because the real Ronaldinho, everyone knows, is Ronaldinho Gaucho. Wow. So there's... Confusing. Yeah, it's very, very confusing. Uh, Either way, that uh, match, because maybe Brazil was there and all the FIFA All-Stars were there, that had some star power. And... Because of that, 78,000 fans showed up to Giant Stadium that day. So this first ever MLS game, or MLS All-Star game, uh, in 1996, that was East versus West format, they played in front of 78,000 people. 
That's incredible. But they weren't there to really see them. To see them. They were there sure. to see Brazil and yeah. and like all of like the legends, you know, or like these guys who would go, would go on to become legends. I will say that East versus West format uh, first game in 1996, that first All Star game, I there was a lot of legends in it for for me, like guys like Brian McBride, Jorge Campos, Carlos Valderrama, who's on our Twitter header, uh, Gio Savarese, who coaches Portland now, Alexi Lalas, who gives you the ick, <laughs> Tony Miola, uh, Preki, Mauricio Cienfuegos, Kobe Jones, Eric Winalda, so many more, all played in that first game. Yeah, and it, it's it's kind of cool. I mean, it made a massive splash for a brand new league at the time, and it was really cool to 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 say like hey all of our guys shared that day with brazil's team and all these you know world 11 um i think it was a very important move for the league's growth yeah because it's like you're a brand new league and you managed to attract this much talent like that's pretty incredible so they probably splashed out a lot of cash to make that happen um obviously the next year attendance went way down because yeah. you don't have Brazil, you don't have all those stars anymore, uh, and you're still playing East versus West, and you know it's you're, it's cool, but it's just for MLS heads at that point. Uh, so in 1998, they said, you know what, we're gonna switch this all around. We're gonna take a page out of hockey's book, and we're gonna do uh, U.S. versus the world, because uh, hockey did a thing where they would do North America versus the world in their All Star games, and so it was pretty fun. And so uh, MLS were like, yeah, fuck it, we'll try it. It uh, did not go very well because all of the best players from the world don't play here. Right. And a lot of the better American players actually did, don't did, did, play for it. Don't play for around the world. Yeah. So, uh, no, a lot of oh, the better don't. American players do play in MLS oh, at that time. Oh, got it, got it. Yeah. Because, like, they weren't as international. So, US won six to one. Mm. Uh, and, you know, on top of that, it's like, you get a bunch of Americans together, they're going to have a natural communication right. method. You put a bunch of international guys together, English is their second language for all of them, so of course it's going to be weird to communicate. I don't know. You Either way, the USA won 6-1, to one, and not very interesting. They immediately went back to East versus West. So this is where I'm going to pause for a second and say, you know, in these All-Star games, the rules are different. Like, you have... It's not like you have like only three or five substitutions. You have usually unlimited substitutions. Um, sometimes they limit it to 10, but for the most part, it's unlimited. You Extra time is, is different. Sometimes they'll have golden goal or they'll have to go straight to penalties or it'll, you know, whatever. That's up. That's to be determined however they want. Um, and then sometimes players will have like limits on how much they play. Yeah. Like, for example, you know, maybe you can say, no player can play more than 45 minutes. That's like a rule you can just establish. So with all these things, the rules are very fluid and you can do whatever. That leads to stuff like, you know, uh, Jorge Campos, for example, the Mexican goalie, he also liked to play as a forward. So he had, he had like, you know, goalies usually wear like number one or something like that. He, and number nine is reserved for strikers. He had a goalie jersey that had the number nine on it made for this. And he got subbed out partway through and came on as a forward and played as a forward and scored Wait, goals. Like in these all-star games. Possible? It's not technically allowed to like, <laughs> once you get subbed off, you can't you sub can't back, go in, back in. But 
because th- this is an all-star game you can make whatever rules you want so there's tons of moments where like players would get subbed out and then like maybe 20 minutes later come back in in yeah. a different position uh mm. it happened a few times uh either way you know again uniquely american it's like something yeah. that's very very bizarre uh they went back to the east versus west formula for 99 2000 and 2001 and in 2001 they debuted another wild american thing it was called goalie wars you ever heard of goalie wars no but it actually sounds awesome okay did you watch the you watched the game oh no you watched the game did you watch the skills challenge i didn't i missed the skills so, challenge you goalie wars is basically you set up two goals that are a certain distance from each other not super far but far enough and um one goalie is in each goal the goalie can throw the ball or they can drop kick the ball or they can put it on the ground and kick it or they they can throw or kick the ball their goal is to try to score on the other goalie and the other goalie's goal obviously is to save it uh then if they save it and hold on to the ball they then get to attack the other goalie same idea throw or kick the ball you can't dribble up to them you have right. to stay in your goal yeah um and you just kind of fire the ball back and forth and uh it's it's kind of crazy fun. it's it's super fun it's it's a fun thing you know goalies will play it sometimes like a training it's like a fun exercise at the end of training um but MLS decided to broadcast this during the 2001 uh, All-Star game. And it was really cool because you actually saw like the top goalies doing this. So like Joe Cannon, uh, Nick Ramondo and Zach Thornton all participated in this. And uh, it was uh, there's a quote from Joe Cannon where he says, I had to play the first two matches and I was exhausted. I think I threw up in front of television host Rob Stone. <sighs> I think as a young goalie, a lot of us just love that exercise because it really strips away any cognitive thinking, decision making. It's all about shot stopping, one on one, mano a mano, which I have a twin brother. So that was right up my alley. <laughs> that, that had nothing to do with it, really. But um, yeah, everyone really, really, I guess at the time it was maybe viewed as like just a random thing that maybe didn't didn't. Yeah. So they didn't have like a skills challenge they necessarily, didn't, no. but that was kind of the start of it. Yeah. They only did it that one time, I think. Uh-oh. Maybe they did it the next year, but I guess it didn't take. People they they thought that like the reception wasn't good and they were like we're not going to do this again. I don't know what the arguments for it were, but they were like we're not doing this. That sounds fun cuz like isn't that I mean, at the end of the day, like soccer is about goals, right? Like, yeah. I mean, there's so much more, but yeah. you love to see when a when a goal is made. Yeah, so well, that seems like kind of a fun thing to watch. So they always MLS on their social media channels frequently made it like a they would frequently tease this and they would show the clip from this old thing and go, hey, like, you know, remember goalie wars? Hey, who wants to bring back goalie or retweet if you want to bring back goalie <laughs> wars and try to drum up like, yeah. you know, engagement. Uh, and I guess there was enough interest that they they actually did bring back goalie wars. So last year was the f- they've actually twenty twenty two twenty twenty two they brought it back. Um, and then this year they had it as well at Skills Challenge. Last year they didn't broadcast it. This year they did. The wrinkle is that they use MLS Next Pro players, or so they're like the the next uh, the. MLS Youth Youth Developmental League. Yeah, the Developmental League. So it's these guys who are like, you know, the 
second team Got it. that are trying to get into MLS. Yeah. And uh, uh, it was it was actually quite good this year. But, you know, regardless, hopefully Goalie Awards is here to stay. And I would love to see the real goalies, you know, play in it. Um, like, you know, I yeah, say the, that, the, the senior goalies play. Yeah, in it. that would be really cool. I, I would love to watch that. Um, but it was cool that they tried to do that because it almost is like following the NBA's model where they like, you know, have three point contests. Yeah, and like, like the that. dunk contest. Yeah. Um, so they retired it after 2001 and they went back to just having a game. In 2001, however, the uh, I thought it was an amazing game. I actually kind of remember watching part of this. It's the only game that ever ended in a draw in the All-Stars. Uh, it was a 6-6 draw, which like is pretty crazy. Um, I don't remember what side, whether it was East or West, but Landon Donovan played in that. He scored four goals. He scored a hat trick in the first within the first 20 minutes. He scored a hat trick. Uh, the team ended up going up 4-0. I assume that was the West, I guess, because he's probably at San Jose. Um, they went up 4-0, I think, or, or 3-0. Either way, they had the lead. Then they went down at the end 6-5, and then with like one minute left, Landon Donovan scored again to make it 6-6, and that was the end of the game. And I was like, wow, how is it that one of the most exciting matches was a tie? Like, isn't that weird? <laughs> but I thought it was cool. Either way, East versus West at this point, 2001, was gone. 2002, they unveiled a brand new format. They were like, we're going to bring in a guest team. You know, like instead of splitting us into two things, let's bring someone in. And that's where it all started. That was 20 years ago. That's where like where we're currently at kind of started. Uh, In 2002, in the World Cup, the U.S. men's national team had a good run. They got to the quarterfinals. And so MLS, you know, ever the capitalists were like, let's harness this buzz. Let's get some marketing money out of this. Uh, And they had Bruce Arena make his own U.S. men's national team out of prominent domestic players who had been capped in the past decade. You know, obviously, not all the players on that U.S. men's team played in MLS. They played overseas and stuff like that. So MLS couldn't just like contractually make them play in this match. So they said, hey, Bruce, pick a U.S., quote-unquote, U.S. men's national team out of our MLS pool, and then we'll have the MLS All-Stars play them. They wore, I think, U.S. men's national team jerseys and everything, so they tried to make this into like a All-Stars versus the U.S. national team because they (laughs) were like, hey, and to be fair, there were guys on that team who played at the World Cup. So like, And and this was in the summer. But does it... I don't know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I just feel like that would kind of make the like MLS guys feel a little shitty. Yeah, it's like I mean, they're not on, they're not being included in like their own country's national team. But, well, I mean, I, mean, but I guess that's, that's makes facts. them play a little harder, right? Yeah, yeah. That is, a, that's a very interesting concept. Actually, it's super. Weird. I actually think that would be fun. Yeah, if they did it one more time. Yeah, maybe during the next Let's World bring Cup. It, back. it was super, super weird. I think, and they. uh you know, they they did that. Bruce Arena picked that team, and uh, that's the only time they ever really did that. It was very very bizarre. But the thing is, there were guys who, not two weeks before that, were like at the World Cup. They were like, it was 2002, right? That was Korea, Japan. So they were like in Korea playing for the U.S. men's national team, and then they came over and like played the MLS All Stars. It was <laughs> super super weird. Um, I'm actually really curious about this game. 
because uh, yeah, the United States lost to the MLS All Stars. The All Stars oh, beat wow. them three to two. That one was also in DC. They've had a lot of these in DC. Um, so in 2003, that's when it was what I would say the beginning of this nascent stages of this Liga MX relationship. This is when they were like, hey, let's try to see what's up with Mexico, yeah. right? So. I'm trying to make this more big picture. Right. In, in 2002, they were like, okay, we're done being incestual and being like MLS versus MLS. Let's see, let's be slightly less incestual and have the United States be here. Now it's MLS versus United States. We're going to try to harness a bigger audience. Right. Then the next year they go, okay, let's see if we can get the Mexican fans to start kind of understanding what we do over here and start watching. So they said, hey, Chivas, do you want to come play in this? So the MLS All-Stars played against Chivas in L.A. And, you know, L.A. has a large Mexican population, so that was, like, a cool step in that direction. Uh, MLS beat them 3-1. And then in 2004, you would think, right, the next step is, okay, you had a wider, you know, scope. You went to Mexico, an even wider scope. Your next step would be to go even bigger, right? Yeah. No, they went back to East versus uh, West. But you God. know why? No. They got snubbed by Real Madrid. Ooh. They went super big. They went to the what I would say is probably the biggest club in the world, Real Madrid. And they <laughs> got snubbed. Uh, That's actually hilarious. Isn't it? The match was originally scheduled to be versus Madrid at Gillette Stadium. But Madrid instead scheduled friendlies in Japan, so they backed out, and MLS ended up playing them later in Madrid. But they had to do an East versus West Yo, match. That is like so. That's so disrespectful. That's just like, yeah. Real Madrid is like we really like don't take you seriously at all. Well, Real Madrid were just yeah, and rightly so. I mean, at that point it's like what is this <laughs> know, league? Who are these players? Wild to agree to something. I think that I think that they like were out. I doubt that they It was like fully Yeah, and it on. wasn't that they backed out like the last minute. It was just like I think by the time they'd backed out, wow. MLS were just like it's too late to get another team because yeah. other teams already had plans and they're like fuck it, let's do East versus West. MLS ended up playing them in Madrid um, and it was like a weird like make good type thing it was a thing called like the Bernabeu Cup or something like that I don't even know what it, what it really was but I guess uh, Madrid had like a, a cup that they would do a lot where they would invite a team to play and usually it was like big teams like you know like Ajax or like Arsenal or something like that. So wait, MLS got invited to Yeah, them. it was the Santiago Bernabeu trophy. Okay. Um and Real Madrid would in the past, you know, before they played the MLS select team, they would play teams like Bayern Munich or Inter Milan or uh, River Plate from Argentina, like, you know, decent decent teams. But then uh in 2005 they played the MLS select team and uh, they they beat them Real Madrid beat them 5-0. So there you go. Um, 2004, right? That was when they were. Uh, is that one? That's when they were supposed to be playing Real Madrid, but instead they did East versus West. And they also did a Legends match. So I thought that that was a kind of a cool wrinkle. I wish I'd been able to see that. But they did the U.S. 1994 World Cup squad. So at this point, that was 10 years removed, right? So they brought back like a lot of players from that World Cup and used and had their coach 
from the 94 World Cup, Bora, Bora Militinovic, coached them. Uh, and they played against the MLS International Stars. So that's kind of a cool Wait, so thing. they played the World Cup team from 10 years prior versus current international players they kind of sort of it was the mls international stars so it was like was it also like legendary veterans yeah it was like kind of legendary guys who had maybe if a couple were still playing it was like tail tail end of their career that's that's a cool concept but i don't think you can count that as like an mls all well that was just a legends game that was a pre-game because the the all-star was east versus west because they missed okay right right. but the legend i love that i think they need to bring legends games back. back yeah and they only played two 25 minute halves just to make it easier <laughs> on, the, on the older guys but like i think that's that would actually so i think a lot of people would watch that i would definitely watch the that show out really of that. Cool. bring the legends match back i agree i want it um so in 2005 they were like okay back on track we're going back to what we originally wanted to do which was bring guest teams uh for the next stretch of probably close to 15 years it was all european teams and it started with the one and only full america or aka fulham right Right. fulham we talked about them before like a lot of american players go there right? yeah so they were nicknamed full america right Right. and at that time they had brian mcbride uh brian mcbride obviously uh pride and joy of the columbus crew um they also had carlos bocanegra uh brian mcbride carlos bocanegra were like the two American guys on the team, uh, Fulham lost to MLS 4-1. But it, it made me think when I was researching this, I was like, man, how weird is that to be like the two American guys on the team and then your your club is like, everyone at the club is like, all your fellow players are like, we're going where? We're going to Columbus to play who? And you're like, oh, well, <laughs> you see, like, <laughs> uh, I'm from here and yeah, like this is kind of a thing we do. And they're probably yeah. like, what do you you're playing what is this shit like a weird benefit match or charity match so i don't know must be kind of weird to be an american that guy would have to, to be weird explain yeah. american culture to all your teammates mm. uh you're like no it this uh, this is a meal for one person actually um in 2006 they leveled up to chelsea so they were like you know what we're not we're not fucking with fulham like that we're gonna level up and prove that we can beat you know a, a bigger club they brought in Chelsea, and they beat them. Not gonna even lie, they beat them one uh, nil. Dwayne De Rosario scored in the seventieth minute, and Chelsea, you know, coached by Jose Mourinho, they brought a bunch of their like big players. It was it was pretty chill. Um, but the reason I think that MLS won is because Coach Peter Novak uh, pushed back against the All Star selections. He was like, I want to pick my own team because he was like the only way that we'll beat Chelsea is if I can pick a team that I'm really confident in and he said you know basically that means I want to pick players from DC United Mm -hmm. because that's the team he was coaching at the time Uh, so he picked all these DC United guys because he was like we know how to play with each other and I'm not going to be able to bring together a bunch of people and teach them to play with each other in one day and then we're going to get screwed Uh, so he ended up actually beating Chelsea 1-0 This is also where I was like, is this the beginning of big club players seeing the appeal of MLS? Drogba and Lampard both ended up coming to MLS later in their careers, and they were both involved in this match. So 
Uh, I was wondering, you know, were they inspired by those August nights they spent at Toyota Park <laughs> in scenic Bridgeview, <laughs> Illinois? Um, but yeah, jokes aside, there are a lot of big names who, you know, and, and you know, kudos to MLS because, yes, not only do you expand the audience, but more importantly, players get to come and I'm, see. Now I'm seeing it. Right. I'm seeing it now. The connections. Yes, I'm seeing how having like a european team it, yeah i mean it right i didn't qu- like after watching yesterday's match i'm like why would they do this but it it all makes sense like it's yes re- you are it's it, it's not that it all makes sense but there's it's like okay there's well, a, there's some a logic part of it that it. makes sense right i yeah. mean obviously money but yeah. beyond the money it's like okay there is actually like a further thought here of like not only are we getting a bigger audience, but we're getting players to experience what American soccer is like, yeah. whether they're going to like it or not, right. or like understand it. That's a different thing, but at least they're exposing them. So, and that that's what's super interesting about it is that like by deciding to start, you know, 2006, you bring in Chelsea. That's the second European team you ever played against. But two of those guys end up coming to MLS as superstars years down the road. Yeah. And actually, that one decision of bringing Chelsea might have had an impact on why Drogba and That's Lampard true. both came. And they had pretty solid careers in MLS. Um, in 2007, they played Celtic. They beat them 2-0. Uh, Kenny Miller, a former Celtic player, also ended up playing at Vancouver Whitecaps later in his career. So it's another person. Uh, Steve Nichol was the coach of the MLS All-Stars at that team at that time. He's a Scottish guy as well. He also works on, on ESPN now as like a pundit. Um and the soccer don was like he was loving this shit. He loves the All Star Game. The All Star Game is like big. I've from I've heard from people at MLS like it's their main. It's like quote unquote. I heard this from someone is that it's their Super Bowl. Like they Makes value sense. it more than Cup in a lot of ways than the Cup Final. Like just because they're very different events. Like yeah. but it's more media focused. The All Star yes. Game. Uh, the soccer don he got dramatic. He said. We are as he does. We are thrilled to welcome Celtic, one of the world's most popular teams, for a quality match against the best of MLS at our newest soccer cathedral, Dick's Sporting Goods Park. <laughs> That's the most like capitalistic bullshit I've ever heard. I was like, "Come on, soccer Don, bro!" Like, but uh, I, you know, Ooh, I love it. He's love out it. here. I love his enthusiasm. He's selling. He's selling. He, he he's does selling. get. He's he's. Excited. Look, look where they are now. He's, yeah, it's San Diego, half a billion dollars. I mean, Soccer Don's doing something right. 2008, they brought over West Ham. They beat him three to two. Freddie Lundberg was a part of that team. I don't know if he traveled with them for this match, though, but he was on that team. And guess what? Next year, Freddie Lundberg came to MLS. There's um, a pattern. A pattern. People are coming. Up to this point, MLS are now 5-0 and against foreign clubs. But then things start to take a turn. I think at this point, people are like, all right, dude, we are done going over there losing to these motherfuckers. So Everton come over in 2009, beat the U- uh, beat MLS in penalties. Uh, that team included uh, Tim Howard, who, you know, obviously American great. That team included Phil Neville, who would go on to get involved a- with MLS also later. Also be on our Pop 11. Yes. That <laughs> team also included Tim Cahill, who came and played in MLS in 2010. Man United came and beat the All-Stars 5-2. That team included Nani and Chicharito. Uh, in 2011, Man United came back for a rematch. MLS were like, no, 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 that didn't count. Come back, come back, come back. And Man United beat them 4-0. <laughs> <laughs> and then 
and Nani was also on the team. In 2012, I guess Chelsea would probably saw how Man United like just whooped them and were like, yes, okay, now is our chance. So Chelsea came back and lost 3-2. <laughs> so Chelsea have lost MLS All-Stars twice now. That team also included uh, Ashley Cole alongside Frank Lampard, obviously. In 2013, Roma came with Michael Bradley on that team. Michael Bradley was a center midfielder for them at the time. Uh, Roma beat uh, ML- uh, MLS All-Stars 3-1. In 2014, that was the first one I ever went to, uh, Bayern Munich, I went there as a fan, Bayern Munich played them in Portland and MLS All-Stars won 2-1. Uh, Shakiri was on that team. Schweinsteiger was on that team. But at the very end is where things kind of got juicy. There was a bit of a bust-up. Um, Ozzy Alonso, I've talked about him before. He's kind of a dirty player, but he, he, he's, a hard, he's a hard man. But he flew in with like a, a pretty vicious tackle from behind. It's like unnecessary. An all-star game? Yeah, but he was passionate. I mean, it was a close game. It's two to one. You want to win. He got stuck in. Basically, there was a like, the coaches were like yelling. Caleb Porter at the end like went to go shake Pep Guardiola's hand. Pep was coaching Byron at the time. Right. He went to go shake his hand and Pep was like, no. And Caleb Porter was like, I don't know. He wouldn't shake my hand. He was like, I don't know. He's like my idol growing. Like he's, he's like my coaching idol. So it was kind of whack. But then Pep said, it doesn't matter. It's happened the way it is. We tried to play and we did. (laughs) Congratulations to MLS for this victory. I hope they're going to invite us next year uh, to try and make revenge. And I hope to prepare a little bit better. He's like, but now we'll be sure about what was going on. We'll prepare much better. Oh, Uh, oh, so they weren't taking it seriously. It sounds. That's what it sounds like. He said, I hope our invitation is coming. Hmm. Uh, I don't think Pep Did they has, ever play again? Uh, they've not played Bayern again. Munich. Not against any of Pep's teams. They haven't played against them, I don't think. Uh, either way, they did shake hands outside the locker room eventually, and okay, I think it all blew good. over. But Ozzy Alonso. That's just hilarious. Perpetual shithousery. <laughs> um, in 2015, uh, Spurs came over, a Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, DeAndre Yedlin was playing there at the time. And uh, in that match, one of the MLS All-Stars was Kai Kamara, who played in the oh, match. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. He so, was playing last night. Yeah. So he's, that was 2015. So that was what, wow. seven years, eight years ago. Yeah. So he's been, he's been around for a minute. Um, Spurs came and MLS All-Stars actually won that one. They beat Spurs two to one. Seems like the only London team who can beat MLS All-Stars is Arsenal. Well, no doubt. I mean, again, like... <laughs> They're second in the Premier League. And, yeah. Hey, I and agree. And they have a lot of good young players. They're I know that's better, your, I know better that's than your Chelsea. Team, they're so. better than Spurs. <laughs> I feel you. I know this is just like fueling yeah. your, you know. Uh, look, at this point, MLS, since they've started this bring over foreign clubs experiment, they're eight and four against They have a great guest, record. Eight yeah. and four against guest teams. Doing great. They're doing great. Right? Okay, I, I get it. So in 2016, they're not as good as five and oh, but they're eight and four. So, you know, because they were 5-0. and Yeah. And then they went on a streak where they actually lost four and only won three. But I so think, they're, I think getting, they're bringing in better teams, different teams, yeah. more teams. The like teams are maybe taking it a little more seriously, too, right? Which is, I think that's good. That's a yeah. good sign that they're they're like, oh, wait, we can't just, like, fuck off with this one. Yeah. Like, in, in 2016, Arsenal are invited to come play. They beat MLS All-Stars 2-1. to one. Uh, one of the players on Arsenal at the time was Rob Holding, and Rob Holding played the other night. He's still with Arsenal, so wow, it's, it's kind of crazy. So now he's played MLS All Stars twice in his career. Um, 
it, to me, twice. starting in 2017 is where I feel like All-Star really becomes a focus for MLS because they start to kind of have a uniform vision for like the branding across different years and instead it doesn't it stops being like a one-off event and starts kind of expanding they start doing activations around to bringing in more brands having like concerts and stuff whatever um that's what it felt like to me at least is 2017 is where it starts 2017 they play real madrid real madrid finally hey, finally makes made it good back what 13 their, years later yeah and <laughs> that team had gareth bale who ends up coming to lafc right wow uh they real madrid beats them in penalties uh, 2018, Juventus come play uh, MLS All-Stars in Atlanta. Uh, Juventus wins in penalties as well. And uh, Chiellini was on the Juventus team. Chiellini also ends up coming to MLS later. Uh, and that one had 72,000 people there. Wow, almost so, as much as the first match. Yeah. Which it, wasn't technically, really MLS. I, yeah, I would say that's like probably the biggest, right? That's the one that, that is considered like the record crowd, yeah. which... It is smaller than 78,000, but I guess it's a record 72,000 is yeah. a lot. It's a record crowd for like a standalone one-off MLS yeah. All-Star match because doing a doubleheader is not really fair. Um, 2019, Atletico Madrid uh, come play. They beat MLS 3-0. So now MLS have lost four years in a row. Uh, not great. Um, that though was in Orlando and that's where they turned it into a whole all-star week so this is they really became this extravaganza five days of entertainment there was a Latin pop singer Prince Royce was there uh, a track actually oh, did a, a set track, there yeah. or like played there or whatever they had an EMLS tournament that featured all-stars partnering with like players and playing together oh, that's fun so like Landon Donovan participated Diego Forlan who is like a Uruguayan like legend he participated uh they had the homegrown match which was like all the homegrown players playing each other and it was the debut of the skills challenge wow so it's very new very new yeah so that was uh, obviously you know the skills challenges it's like where they do the crossbar and yeah. like they try to hit targets and whatever um but it was it was cool that they debuted it i remember seeing it and being like whoa this is tight i'm really glad they're doing this 2020 covid uh, but in 2020, they were trying to revisit their Liga MX relationship. They said, let's do two all-star teams playing each other. Yeah. Uh, that got delayed until 2021. Um, and the Liga MX relationship, you know, the, I know they had Chivas back in the day come play. But now they were like, hey, Liga MX, do your all-stars. Bring them over here, our all-stars. And that so far is my favorite format. I really yeah. like that. Uh, MLS won in 2021 in penalties. But Liga MX won the skills challenge. Um, again, I personally love this format, but the numbers kind of speak for themselves. Uh, from the Wikipedia page, the Fox Sports broadcast averaged 175,000 viewers, setting a record low for the event's English broadcast. Oh, shit. While the uh, Tudin broadcast, this Mexican broadcast, averaged 1.4 million and peaked at 1.6 million the second most for a spanish broadcast of the match so okay it's very weird because yeah. in mexico it did really well right but in the u.s it flopped like crazy so mm. it, it you know they tried it again in 2022 uh, and carlos vela and chicharito are involved in that so i don't know what the numbers were like on that one um, but it was the return of Goalie Wars as well in 2022, which was cool. Got it. Uh, that was my first one that I went to for work. And 
it was incredible. The festivities around the feel around the area were amazing and actually had a really good time. Minnesota, I'm not too big on Minneapolis. I think it's kind of lame, but I had a really, really great time there. Uh, and that, to this point, was the last time they did Liga MX versus MLS. I wish they would do more of it. I don't think it's coming back, but I wish it would. Uh, this year, obviously, this is where we're kind of wrapping up. Arsenal, they blew them out 5-0, right? Yeah. So uh, they had Rob Holding was, was still playing, obviously, from the last one. They had uh, Flo Balligan was there, or uh, Falaran Balligan, I guess I don't want to call him by his wrong name. Uh, Arsenal won the skills. Arsenal won the match. And for me, the bigger thing is this was their first one with Apple TV. Yeah. So I'm curious to know your thoughts on the broadcast. I know you watched it on TV. I did. And I was, I don't think they've released the numbers slash. I don't know if they are going to, but I did find an article from 2022, um, which is saying that there is a 2.2 times year over year overall viewership increase coinciding like for the MLS All-Star basically. So I'm wondering how the numbers are going to be this year. I thought the broadcast was good. I mean, I enjoyed watching it. I actually thought it was even though MLS lost 5-0, like I actually thought it was an interesting match to watch. I think even though MLS didn't play that well, I think it was like Arsenal still kind of Did the kept atmosphere the match did the atmosphere come across? It did. Cause, for cause Arsenal. In, it yeah. it oh, really felt it felt like an Arsenal home, home game, but like me, an Amer- like an American home. Like a more mild version probably. Yeah. Um but the, fans the atmosphere were going for Arsenal the more than was, MLS, yes, it felt like. That was apparent even I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but like even the broadcasters, like there I don't remember exactly who, but there was one particular commentator who clearly is an Arsenal fan and was hyped yeah. about Arsenal even though they're like an MLS commentator. Was it uh was it um Bradley it was, Wright Phillips by any chance? Maybe I, I think don't, his dad played. For I was Arsenal. like listening during that part, so I wasn't watching, so mm. I don't remember who it was. But I thought broadcast wise, I was it was impressive. It was like it was up to par with any other kind of like top tier yeah. sports match, event. you know, event, whatever. Um, you haven't been to an MLS All Star game, right? I no, I have not. Next year's and is in Columbus. Yeah. Oh, we got to figure I really out. What like, are you? What are you? You don't well, go to Columbus? I go to Columbus. I would I've love never, to go to I've Columbus. never been to Columbus. Me neither. It seems awesome. Does it? I don't Come know. Come on, All don't right. trip. Cool. Don't trip. It was. It's gonna be tight. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that's pretty much it. I went really deep on this because I was on the train home from DC, so yeah. I had a lot of time. No, to read, it was really interesting but, to like see the progression of the all-star match and like again like i think everything with soccer is like there's you know there's like a learning curve and like you have to kind of figure out what works and honestly i don't i'm not sure that they have because it kind of seems like they're still switching up the format so i mean i like that they're fluid with the format because nhl did the same thing and that's what keeps it fun and when you know the thing that i don't like is when people like roast it for being like silly and like oh this is so ridiculous like da 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 da. it's like yeah dude it's about fun it's about having fun the whole thing is ridiculous but i also don't know what was like I don't know what was ridiculous about it. Like watching the match, like that was like a proper match. Like it was. Yeah, Arsenal it, fucked them up pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> they did, but it wasn't like it. Like both sides were clearly trying. Like it yeah. wasn't. I don't know. Sometimes, like 
the my favorite part of like the NBA All Star Week is like all of the skills stuff. It's not yeah. the actual All Star. Like I hate watching the All Star game. Yeah. Because they're not really trying. They're having fun. This felt like a match. Like it yeah. was exciting and it was exciting to see the MLS guys up against like a top tier team on the international stage and like to see how that's how they performed i thought it was very interesting that's what makes it so interesting to me is like when you have the nba all-star game it's a little bit different because you are these are the best players in the world so right when they play each other like in their own little collective bubble they're not going to take it seriously because it doesn't matter. They have nothing to prove. Yes. If they were, if you were to take the NBA All-Stars and be like, okay, we're going to bring over Real Madrid. It doesn't matter because you're going to smoke them because yeah. you're the best. But I know it's, but, it's hard to compare. But, but when you're not the top dog, it suddenly becomes a little bit different. Yeah. So you're like, fuck, man, we got our best motherfuckers together and we got smoked five nil. Yeah. And then it's embarrassing and you have to be like, well, we don't want to train on the White House lawn or whatever. It's like, okay, okay Wayne. yeah. I mean, but I I think. Imagine if the Premier League like got their best of the best together and we're like, we're going to play <laughs> Portland Timbers. Stop it. It wouldn't. Be- <laughs> Maybe we'd have a chance. <laughs> I don't know. Probably I don't, not. I don't know. I mean. I, I'm not trying to like roast anybody or like I'm trying roast, to roast MLS roast a little MLS, bit. A little, a little bit. I love it. I love All Star Week. I think it's yeah. really fun, and I I love it. I think that everything is to be taken with a grain of salt. Just sure. because Arsenal won five do, 0 doesn't mean well, anything about either team. But I think I or the league. I've kind of said this from the beginning. It's like watching MLS versus watching the Premier League. It's very different. It's just very different. Like yeah. they play differently. Yeah. It's a different style. There, it, you know, one is more polished than the other, and that's okay. That yeah. just is what it is. So when you're putting the two together, those disparities are going to become very apparent. Yeah. But I still think it was a great match. Like, it, it was, it was bad for MLS, <laughs> but it was like I wasn't bored. I wasn't True. like I'm gonna turn this off. Like I was more like, <laughs> you yeah. know, like I could. It was like a train wreck almost. But you know what? You know, uh, next there's always next year. Maybe they'll yeah. want a rematch, right? Maybe maybe I MLS will want a rematch now. MLS might want a rematch. I think uh, Arsenal's gonna. I mean, they're what they've won two, like they're up two nil in the the total. Look, the fact that games played, the fact right? that we're like, well, who are they gonna play next year? That's a good sign. That means it's yeah. working. That means people want to watch exactly. It, so so I I hope that um Apple will, they probably won't, but I hope they will release the numbers. I would like to see how many people watched. I don't think they will. They won't. That's what sucks about it because every year until now you can see like what the numbers are, but we're not going to know. I just want to know if like people tuned in because this was a free match. You didn't have to be. Oh, really? I didn't know that. You didn't have to be a MLS lead. I bet there was a lot because people love, people love Arsenal. So I got, I bet there was a lot. So I, maybe they should release the numbers. Anyway, it was interesting. (laughs) I thought this was a very interesting deep dive to kind of figure out how we got to where we are and yeah. what's happened up until this point. Yeah, the All-Star Game, it's a one-of-a-kind of event. So if you Truly. missed it this year, tune in next year. You got literally about one year to go. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, we got uh, producer Eric's Pop 11. He called it the Mad Moonlighters. We'll see what all that's about. We'll be right back. Hey, we're back with the pop 11. It's called Mad Moonlighters. And I didn't really know what that meant going into the break. And then we looked at it a little bit more. 
I think this is people who have had uh, uh, players who have had like interesting uh, partnerships or sponsorships or something like that. Um, but let's kick it off. We're going to start with our goalkeeper. Oh, and we're playing a very old school 2-3-5. Why do the forwards always do the craziest shit? Uh, we're going to start with a goalkeeper called Pat Jennings. Uh, and I guess his sponsor here was a uh, Unipart. Jennings was a legendary goalkeeper from Northern Ireland who played at the top level for over 22 years from the 60s to the 80s. Back then, sponsorships were much less glamorous and they were rather hard to come by. So you had to seize every opportunity that came your way. Uh, when Unipart came knocking, Jennings duly accepted. I'm still not sure how goalkeeping relates to automotive oil filters, <laughs> but seeing a world-class goalkeeper making sprawling saves dressed as an oil filter is quite a sight <laughs> to behold. Uh, producer Eric included a YouTube video to an advertisement where literally this guy is wearing a oil filter type, like, suit over his, uh, it's like a costume. It, it looks Oh my really god, bad. it's I guess absurd. They're it's just shooting oil blobs his way and he's just saving them from going in the goal. <laughs> That's really funny. That's pretty. It's a good, actually, actually a good concept because he's filtering the oil from like going into the goal or whatever. I don't okay. know. Filtering the muck from going in. I don't know how an oil filter works. But um, someone in the comments said, I used to think he was saving dead pigeons when I saw this. Strange. Uh, what? <laughs> um, all right. Moving on to our defense. All right. Defense up first. We have Gareth Southgate. Fresh from missing the decisive penalty kick against Germany in Euro 1996, Gareth accepted an offer from Pizza Hut to promote their new pan pizza. The masterminds at Pizza Hut decided to partner him up with two other English players who had high-profile penalty misses against Germany in the 1990 World Cup. That's fucking hilarious. Uh, this was Stuart Pierce and Chris Waddle. The end product featured plenty of bad acting, bad puns, and bad pizza. Hey, Pizza Hut's not that bad. Um, yeah. Southgate has since expressed his regret at accepting the gig. Why couldn't you have just ordered delivery, Gareth? That's true. Uh, so the, if, the ad's yeah, pretty wild. Ad? I looked at the ad. There's like a table of the the three guys and one of them has a paper bag over his head i didn't actually watch it with sound so i don't yeah. know what the fuck is happening it looks like a lot of bad acting though um i don't understand what's happening i'm assuming that uh gareth Gareth's under is the, the bag. one who's under the bag yeah but uh yeah i mean hey it makes sense if hey listen we all keep, gotta keep all the keep we, all the losers together we all gotta get our money it's um fun. The next uh, and last defender in our two-person defensive line is uh, John Arne Risa. Um, I guess Bama Gruppen is who he was uh, partnered with, and uh, I don't know what they are, but... Oh, yeah, I guess they're the largest private produce distributor in Norway. Oh. Uh, they hired Eric uh, Husseklep, Martin Gams Pedersen, and John Arne Risa to appear in an ad about the importance of eating your fruits and veggies. Uh, wearing ill-fitting suits, Risa and Pedersen attempted to convince Hesselklep to skip the candy and to eat the Bana fruits through the power of interpretive rap uh, in the produce section of a supermarket. So this is like a, a rap 
where they're uh, rapping to him about how bad candy is. <laughs> and to be fair, this one's actually shot kind of well. This is like, uh, this one looks good. But uh, I'm not going to listen to it, but uh, I can already tell that it is, it is pretty cringy. But at least they're having fun. At least they're promoting something good, you know? Yeah, healthy eating's nice. We all need it. Eating produce. We all need a balanced diet. We've got to eat some produce. Definitely. Um, all right, we are moving on to... Kevin Keegan as a player and that will come in later Um, but he is partnering with a company called Brute 33 Mm -hmm. yes it's a deodorant the deodorant commercial featured a Kevin Keegan in his prime working out alone with heavyweight boxing champion Henry Cooper Keegan does some keepy uppies and cooper of course punches it back to him then they shower together and spray each other down with brute 33 deodorant and then eric says real manly stuff it's pretty the commercial is pretty homoerotic for sure it's very weird i'm wondering like where this aired like (laughs) this is it's so bizarre though they get like so close to each other they really do and just the working out portion like i've never seen anybody work out like that like he's going like i think you would hurt yourself oh for sure it is very yeah interesting you should check it out for yourself i can't i can't really yeah there's words words cannot do this one justice (laughs) um continuing our midfields we got the one and only Lionel messi i'm sure he's gonna have a lot more of these uh branded opportunities (laughs) coming up but at one point, there was one called Scalp D, a <laughs> Japanese face cream company. Yep, they hit the jackpot when they hired Messi to promote their product, Scalp D. The advert, one of several, opens with Messi's face entirely covered in white cream. It literally looks like they hit him in the hit him with a pie in the face and then started filming. Um, this is one that yes, he's literally just c- covered in this this cream. And you know what? Here's the thing. I have I have a, a guess at what happened here. I think that that cream is CGI'd is my first guess. Mm-hmm. My second guess is that Messi was like, I have, I'll do this at a local studio and I can be there for 10 minutes. And literally they only filmed the second shot with him where he just leans up into the frame and says the word. And then they maybe didn't even use him in the first one that, lo- that looks like his hair though a little bit yeah i mean once and again he, he knows how to get the bag <laughs> yeah uh yeah I, this is you know i wonder how much he got paid for probably a good good bundle <laughs> all right next up in the midfield we have shinji K- kajawa uh, Kaga- i think it's kagawa K- kagawa yeah um and he is working with softbank this is actually it's a weird commercial but it's kind of cute i kind of want to see like the long form film version of it um but kagawa was one of the most famous famous asian players in the world during his time at manu so it made perfect sense for softbank to hire him as ambassador for their company what didn't make perfect sense was the commercial I don't know, Eric. It's it's pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> the bizarre advert features many people doing juggles, tricks, and volleys to each other, culminating in a stuffed dog being thrown into the goal. Gary Lineker even makes an appearance yep. as a gardener slash custodian. I still don't know what the company is advertising, but apparently it's 
telecommunications. It is a very weird commercial, I must say. It starts off with like this man in a three-piece suit with a top hat walking along with a dog also wearing a top (laughs) hat and then they eventually meet up in a park on a bench and they're speaking to Kagawa Uh, and uh, I I don't I don't know what's happening I I think uh, if I spoke Japanese maybe I would get it yeah something it actually but I think it it, looks cool it it looks cool like that's why I said I'm kind of interested in like the longer form version like I want this to be turned into a movie a directed by Hideyuki Tanaka hit up Hideyuki Tanaka maybe they can direct a full full version for you Uh, moving on to our our uh, attacking line where we have five attackers. One of them is Emmanuel Adebayor, the legend. Uh, I guess Adebayor worked with a, a thing called Power Horse, which is a energy drink. Power Horse was the first energy drink to enter the Middle East, Egypt, and Nigeria. They were even the official energy drink of Manchester City in 2018. In 2010, they signed Adebayor as a brand ambassador and gave the world this famous 15-second gem in which the former Togo striker seemingly does his best to make the drink seem as unappealing as possible. Uh, I love that it's only 15 seconds, but yeah, they got uh, Adebayor out here just juggling, and he's doing his thing, and he's dancing, and then uh, he takes a sip of Power Horse, smashes it, kind of blows the kiss to the camera, and then juggles a smashed can. Uh, he it's it's a very bizarre advert, and uh, the form factor of the of the power horse is crazy because it's like a tiny little can. It fits like in your hand. It's not like a twelve ounce can. It's oh, like a five or oh, six like ounce one can. Oh, like one of the little baby cans. Yeah. So maybe you should get some power horse. <laughs> maybe I'm gonna start calling myself power horse. <laughs> It was the year of the horse, dude. I was born on 90. It's the year of the horse. I'm the power uh, horse. All right. Up next, we have Fernando Torres. Fernando Torres teamed up with his longtime friend in this low-budget gem in order to help him promote his friend's dog training school. You know I'm all for this. Dogs, oh, I'm in. Torres can be seen awkwardly guiding dogs along an obstacle course, playing football with an uh, Als- Alsatian? Alsatian wearing what's Alsatian? Probably some type of dog. Alsatian wearing a Gerard kit and leading a Doberman through rings of fire for some reason. All this while his friend just sits there awkwardly and occasionally yells Narub. <laughs> and it is it is pretty funny because his friend is really just sitting there and he has Torres like running around. At one point he has like ten dogs on leashes. He looks like one of those crazy dog walkers you see through the city. But I love the commercial because it's got a bunch of cute little dogs like going on these agility courses. I think the commercial is lit because it is so campy and bad. Yeah. Like, but it, it, th- those things work when you use a uh, an actor or someone who's like a spokesperson who is that high. Yeah high ranking yeah and they have that much profile because then you can do anything and the campier and shittier it is the more appealing it is because you're like whoa the juxtaposition of like this polished manicured person with this terrible video is amazing so far this is my second favorite which one's your favorite uh the um the soft bank one brute 33 shinji kagawa my favorite is brute 33 because it is so bizarre uh okay neymar neymar is the next one he's got a thing called lupo which is a brazilian underwear company they hired neymar to do a series of commercials for them and their clothing line 
This ad ended up enraging the Brazilian gay community as it was deemed homophobic. Oh, no. Um, I have not watched it, uh, but I guess uh, someone walks in looking for underwear, and then the the sales rep kind of points to an empty space, and Neymar slides into it, a la Tom Cruise in that one movie. Oh, right. Uh, Neymar is out here just dressed in some sort of uh, yellow, yellow briefs. And then uh, I guess uh, he's in some different colored briefs in the next one. Oh, and then a guy comes in and asks, and then the guy points, and Neymar uh, sneaks away. Oh. <laughs> sneaks away undetected. Because <laughs> okay. he doesn't want to be seen by this guy, I guess. In his yeah, that is a little... <laughs> it's just stupid. <laughs> well, but I can see how it's... It's very much playing into, like, yeah. gender norms. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty dumb, honestly. It's a, it's a bad, bad commercial. Bad um, commercial. All right, moving on. We got two more. All right. Uh, next up, we have Carlos Tevez. 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 Um, <laughs> this commercial... I don't even know if you can call this a commercial, but... Anyway, let me get into it. Apart from looking like he could be a character on Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Come on, Eric. You <laughs> roasting the shit out of him. He kind of does, though. I cannot fathom why Cartoon Network decided to team up with Carlo Carlos Tevez for a kids commercial. I love this commercial. This commercial is like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Even more perplexing is the commercial itself. Tevez simply performing an awkward and sultry i don't know if it's sultry but awkward and sultry dance and walks off the screen i'm at a loss for words okay so it's a complete white background it's, it's like, like endless white endless psych. white psych and he's wearing jeans white sneakers and a like a red crew neck hoodie thing that says action it's very like 2003 yes or very something. much and he's just his doing hair a dance. his hair looks wild his hair is like crazy he's just dancing around and then all of a sudden he turns and the cartoon network logo is behind him and he just walks off. Yeah, like when he walks away it reveals the cartoon network yeah. logo behind him. It's just like It's fun. It's just him dancing. It's funny. And he's a good dancer. Yeah. I, like legitimately, I think he's like a really good dancer. That's actually a really cool commercial and I I didn't hear it with the music but I know the music probably here. makes it better. Um the last guy on this starting 11 is Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh PAO facial facial exerciser or POW facial exerciser. Uh, Eric just said needs no explanation. They couldn't pay him enough to put it into his mouth. <laughs> God damn it, Eric. Um, this is so Chris starts out with Cristiano Ronaldo juggling a ball and he's just like he's dressed normally. He's wearing like oh. a he's wearing a Oh, he's got... I don't know what this thing is. Oh, okay. Okay, so he's wearing, like, a polo and some khaki shorts, and he's just, uh, you know, juggling a ball around. Uh, the next thing you know, some Japanese text comes on the screen, and suddenly he has this thing that looks like a floppy propeller. Like, if you yes. had a propeller on the front yeah. of a plane, but it was made out of, like, silicone. Uh, it's like that, and it has a knob in the middle. And uh, then it cuts to people who kind of have inserted the snob into their mouth <laughs> it's like you buy, i i actually know i've seen these but not i don't know what the the whole like floppy why it's propeller so thing. long on the because i've seen them where it's just the middle piece and so this person basically just bobs up and down while the propeller like it's flops. like a jaw exerciser it's supposed to like <laughs> it's supposed to work out your facial <laughs> muscles and like make your face more toned I know yeah. what it is, but it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, looking. it's funny. This would definitely be like 
this is definitely an Asian commercial, like a Japanese, like this is probably like ahead of its time because we're just now getting this here. Uh, He's right. They couldn't pay him enough to put it into his mouth. It is true. Cristiano Ronaldo did not do it. A bunch of other actors did it. He just looked at it like, wow. He said, "Okay, yeah, here's this thing. Uh, It looks it's very, very bizarre. Um, moving on, we got we got an owner, we got a manager. You, right. you want to take the owner? Sure. Our owner is Indian poultry giant Venkies. Oh yeah. They bought Blackburn Rovers in 2010 and still own the club to this day. After much optimism initially, things turned sour and Blackburn suffered two relegations under their control. Off the pitch, it was business as usual, and it was only a matter of time before they used their new acquisition to promote their main business. So in 2011, only a year after, sorry, I... Uh-oh. Only a year after their takeover, they released this gem to the world. Okay, sorry, I was missing I was missing the last. Um, we've seen in the past what can happen when plates of chicken wings are left in the locker room. Yes, we it's have <laughs> of an underperforming team, but thankfully they're left they left their manager out of the commercial. Yeah. They weren't a throwing chicken wings around they or doing anything. They were just uh hanging out in the did locker you, room. Did you see the commercial? Eating chicken wings. It's basically from the so you you start out you're in a locker room and it's like the team and they're huddled around in a circle and it's very very dystopian and bizarre like the camera's below them and they're yeah. all like staring directly into the camera and uh they they like cross themselves as they get ready to like you assume play soccer or like they're doing a team talk or something then it cross cuts a lot of things of chicken some player looks at another player like hell yeah let's go and you realize that they're all huddled around a bunch of chicken and it's like just, a table full of plates of chicken and then they uh go and sit down in the locker room and start eating venky's chicken that's it that's the commercial very bizarre uh we end with our manager kevin keegan as a manager this time uh for sugar puffs while managing Newcastle in 1996, Sugar Puffs hired Kevin Keegan to be in a commercial to promote their cereal. The advert featured Kevin bringing on the mascot, Honey Monster, as a super sub to bag the game-winning goal. <laughs> That's right. Honey Monster immediately runs off the pitch after he scores to eat a bowl of cereal in the locker room before reappearing on the pitch to lift the cup. The winning partnership gave the world iconic taglines, it's the honey, he's in the money, and that's the bowl, now for the cup. So, uh, Honey Monster, you know, he's, he's a cool guy. Kevin Keegan is a, is a fucking legend, but gotta say, the way that they portrayed Honey Monster in this, I kind of like him. He's like a proto-gritty proto in a yeah. way, you know? He's kind of scary. I'm a big fan. I like Honey Monster. I think I might be this but for also Halloween. But also kind of scary. Gritty's kind of spooky. Um, that was it. That's the um, Mad Moonlighters. That was um, Let's get... Well, there are no next week's picks. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's done. Okay, so what are you most excited for? I'm super excited about the Women's World Cup. Um, World Cup is back, baby. World Cup is back. Um, and also, Lee's Cup starting this week. So that'll be interesting seeing it progress this week and kind of getting to talk about it when we meet again next week. I mean, while we were doing this, producer Crussy just texted us and said, the Ferns did it, first win in the World Cup, and they did it at home. Yep. So Crussy, 
loves the uh, what are they called the the ferns the ferns the yeah. what was their They're, nickname that was like the, the friendly ferns or something like that is it the friendly ferns <laughs> no I don't remember what it was I thought it was the football ferns football ferns there you go yeah. I mean um, it's cool that they won at home you know for me what I'm most excited for Portland versus Tigres July 26th in Portland at Providence hey. Park it's gonna be such a pleasure about winning oh I don't know I don't know I think I think Tigris, but it's going to be a pleasure to host Tigris. That is going to be so cool. An iconic, iconic Mexican club coming to play at little old Providence Park. I'm so pumped. It's going to be so fun. Producer Eric said he was most excited to watch his favorite women's team, the Steel Roses of China. (laughs) So we will check it back in next week. See how that went. Um, Amy, you want to get the plugs and then we can get the hell out of here? Yeah. You guys find us on Twitter. Tweet at us. Send us your questions uh just whatever just you know let us know let us know you're there we are on twitter at calling casuals you can hit us up on tiktok smash that follow button at calling all casuals on the tiki talk the tiki talk and uh send us an email again bring a little star a little star sparkle to alexi's eye i know every time i get an email a little I twinkle just, a little I get twinkle it. to I, his eye every time i get an email i freak out yeah so uh <laughs> help alexi to continue freaking out Keep send us an out. email calling all casuals at gmail.com That's and right. uh thank you so much yeah thanks for listening and uh, as always you know well i guess let me just thank you before thank you amy thank you producer thank eric you, Alexi. thank you producer chris who yep. did some heavy lifting on this show and at the all-star game yep uh, you know what let's let's leave it on this producer chris was hired to make a video and uh i'll let you guys in a little secret he did such a good job that they put it in the broadcast of, of the uh, of the all-star game so shout out to producer chris shout out chris and uh yeah shout out to you listener for listening as always don't forget Keep it casual. A Shishkin Productions podcast.